I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're with me today on Awakened to Grace because we are concluding what has been a life-changing series called Kingdom Come. I can tell you, teaching through this series has truly changed my life, and I have gained so much from studying God's Word, and I hope you have studied each portion of the Lord's Prayer with me. And today we conclude this study by talking about this last phrase of the Lord's Prayer, for yours is the kingdom, the power, the glory forever. Amen. Today I want to ask, is your life centered on the glory of God? Or is your life centered on your comforts, your luxuries, your desires, your hobbies, your interests, and so on and so forth? What happens when a Christian gets the kingdom of God right in our lives? What happens when we really begin to say, your kingdom come, your will be done? on earth as it is in heaven. Seek first the kingdom. What happens when we get the power, the enablement of the Holy Spirit right? Well, the result is going to be, as we're going to see in today's teaching, that's when we're really going to begin to live for the glory of God. Well, today... We're going to conclude this great series. If you missed any part of it, go back into the archives and listen through each section of this six-part series. Well, let's go today to Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, in the conclusion of Kingdom Come. Friends, when did Jesus begin to minister? Do you remember? After he was baptized, when the Holy Spirit fell upon him. Friends, if Jesus, the Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit, how much more so do we? And the sad fact of the matter is so many churches, the Holy Spirit could leave. And no one would even know the difference. They would sing their same songs. They would preach their same sermons. And everything would be clockwork and routine. And who would even notice that the Holy Spirit wasn't present? Oh, God forbid that ever happen at Preaching Christ Church. God forbid. We need the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need His empowerment. We need His enablement. We need the dunamis. The power of God in our lives. Why do we need it? Number one, to be bold, courageous witnesses. Romans 1.16, Acts 1.8. Number two, we need it to discern the will of God. Do you realize the Holy Spirit helps us know the will of God? Oh, we need Him to help us in this matter. Right now, you may be struggling with decisions right now. You may be struggling with the right place to be or the right job to take or the right person to marry or whatever, whatever decisions that you face, you need the enablement. You need the discerning power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to overcome fear. What fears are in our life right now that if we had more dunamis, more power of the Holy Spirit, more enablement of the Holy Spirit, 2 Timothy 1.7, we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of what? Dunamis, power, love, 
and sound mind or self-control or self-discipline. That's what we've been given by God. Amen? Not a spirit of fear, but of dunamis power. We Listen, friends. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, oh, how much more so do we? So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> For thine is the kingdom and thine is the power the dunamis. Let me ask you a question. What is the Holy? What could the Holy Spirit enable you for in your life right now? Oh, see, my I needed my water. What could the? Uh, I mean, my lid. <laughs> Sorry. What could the Holy Spirit enable you for right now? Maybe it's an enablement to forgive someone. Maybe it's an enablement. To live at peace with people who's causing trouble in your life. Maybe it's an enablement to walk through a fiery trial at the moment. Maybe it's an enablement to stand up under temptation right now. Maybe it's an enablement to make good decisions right now. Whatever you need right now. Listen, the Holy Spirit will enable you. The question is, are you inviting it? Are you seeking it? Are you longing for it? Are you tarrying for it? Are you waiting on it? What did Jesus say? Go to Jerusalem and wait until the Holy Spirit has come upon you. One of the greatest lessons I ever learned in my pastoring career. I've been a pastor for 20 years now. And one of the greatest lessons that I ever learned. You know, Sunday mornings were very particular and, you know, everything is... is you know, we, we meet through the week. We pray about what God wants. We know what songs we're singing. I know the text. And, you know, where I'm blind, I have to give so much enormous preparation to the day. And, you know, normally we know well what Sunday will look like. And then some, you know, you have some days like today where God just did what God wanted to do. And we step out of the way. But on a normal Sunday, we, we know, you know, from point A to point Z what, where we're going. But four years ago, God led us to start a Tuesday night prayer meeting. And you know what the Lord told me? Scariest thing I've ever done in my pastoring. The Lord said, you're not to plan a thing. <laughs> Apparently, the Lord forgot I'm a planner. And I get mighty anxious when I'm not in planning mode. And you know what the Lord told me? You, you, you know what used to be my greatest fear as a pastor? Is hearing crickets. And people feeling bored. See, there's this weird thing in our church culture. If people feel bored, they won't come back. Well, see, come on. Say amen if you're with me right now. Let me just, let me just get this out. I mean, it's nowhere in my notes, but let me just get it out. This consumer mentality has crept its way into the church. And see now, rather than showing up in the house of God and saying, how might we minister unto the Lord? Now it's, how can we entertain a crowd? And so the Holy Spirit said, here's the plan. For Tuesday night prayer meeting, there is no plan. You will wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Well, Lord, what if nothing happens? Then you wait. 
What if it feels weird? Then you'll wait. What if it gets awkward? Well, then you'll wait. (laughs) The Lord's like, how many ways can I say it? You will wait. Friends, oh, what a word for somebody today. Some, listen, you may be frustrated because it feels like God is not answering your prayer. But let me tell you, God is in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Learn to wait on the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you, Sundays are good, but Tuesdays are great. You know why? Because we wait. We wait. We wait. Have you learned how to wait on God? Say, Chad, why is it so important? Because there's dunamis, dynamite, power when you learn to wait on God. Number three, the word glory. What's he mean by this? Well, now... (laughs) Oh, I love this. Follow the logic here. So if the kingdom is my priority and I'm living, I'm living for the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I'm not worried about everything else in life. I'm not putting things first and God last. No, I'm reversing it. I'm putting God first and things last. And I'm living for the kingdom. And then what happens is as I'm living for the kingdom, then I began to feel the enablement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit personalizes the kingdom to me. (laughs) He makes the kingdom real in my life. And I'm finding myself enabled by the Holy Spirit. I'm living with his fruit. I'm living with his power. I'm living with his sensitivity. I'm living with his intercessions. I'm living and I'm walking in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you walk according to the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Then what's going to be the other result? Well, for thine is the glory. Now what's this word glory? Watch this. The word glory... Very interesting. In the Hebrew text, in the Old Testament in Hebrew, it's kabbalt. It's weightiness. The word means shekinah, weighty, the glory of God, a, a weighty thing. When the, remember when the priests were in the temple and the cloud appeared and the glory of God came and they fell. They, it was so heavy. It was so weighty, the shekinah glory of God. They couldn't even stand to minister. But in the New Testament, the Greek word for this is doxa, D-O-X-A. It's where we get our English word, doxology. And remember what we said a doxology is? It's an act of praise. (laughs) I think what's being implied here is are we living, if we're living for the kingdom, if we're living in the enablement of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, then let me tell you, my friends, living for the glory of God is going to be the next result. I think what's being implied here is are we living for God's glory or are we living for our comfort, our interest, our desires, our comfort, our luxury, Or are we truly living for the glory of God? 
See, when I'm living for the kingdom and I'm being empowered by the Holy Spirit, then it's not going to be any trouble to begin to incorporate what Paul taught. Whether I eat, whether I drink, or whatsoever things I do, I do to the glory of God. Amen? Now let me begin to, to make the descent here. You know how when you fly on a plane, they put your, put your trays up? I don't think you have trays on the back of your seat. That would be neat, wouldn't it? Sundays I go too long, pass out a bagged lunch, have the tray down in your lap. And then when I, when I get toward the end, you know, we're doing... <laughs> Anyways, just an idea. Um, glory also has another idea to it. Now, now give, give me a few minutes here. Everybody still with me? Okay, all right, that's good. Oh, I'll take a couple extra minutes in. No, I'm just kidding. The word glory also means, now listen to this. It also carries the idea of having an opinion. Has it ever occurred to you that God has opinions? Now let me just be frank with you. I could care less about your opinion. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican. I don't care if you're blue or you're red. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care how you were raised. I don't care what kind of background you come from. I don't care what denomination you're from. I don't... <laughs> Let me tell you what I really care about. God's opinions. And do you know where God shares his opinions? In his word. You know, people will sometimes want to argue with me. I was on a uh, radio show in New York City a couple of years ago and uh, doing an interview with, uh, with a guy up there. And he was closing out the interview. It was a great interview. I was immensely pleased with it, immensely happy with it. It was a big opportunity and a great thing. And then he closed out and he said, Chad, before I let you go, uh, tell our listeners your opinion of same-sex marriage. Huh. And people will want to argue really hot-button issues. Let me, let me tell you how I respond to people who just want to argue. Because how many of you know there are people who will hit their head against the wall just to enjoy the noise? I'm not one of those people. And if you want to bang your head against the wall, you do it all day long, but I'm not paying attention to you. And I'm not going to get involved in quarrels and fights and arguments. Let me tell you, I don't argue with people on things. I have one question. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about God's opinion. I have one question. You want to argue same-sex marriage? You want to argue abortion? You want to argue all these really hot Topics of our culture? Now, here's my question. Do you care what God thinks? Because David wrote in Psalm 139, David said, Precious to me, O God, are your thoughts. See, if God's opinion doesn't matter to you, then go on. Live life. Do, do, I mean, but as for me and my house, God's opinion matters. 
I'm not interested in arguing with people over their opinion. All I want to do is find God's opinion and let everyone else be a liar. Amen? I want to know what God thinks. Hear me, church. Hear me, precious friends. Some of you are so wrapped up in other people's opinion. Some of you are so wrapped up in your social media post and who likes this and who's arguing over that. And some of you are so wrapped up in work and all the politics and all the infighting and all the opinions. Let me tell you, there's only one opinion that matters. And that is, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Say, so say, Chad, what do you... What are you saying? I'm saying don't get entangled. Don't get entangled with people who just want to beat their head against the wall. Don't get entangled in fights and arguments and negativity and time wasters and energy zappers. Don't get entangled. Just learn what God thinks and value God's opinion. And then you'll learn what it means. To be able to say, for thine is the kingdom, it's what I live for. For thine is the power, it's the strength of my life. For thine is the glory, all praise and adoration unto the Lord. And then as we finish today, what's he say? Forever. Oh, what, oh, what a way to end this prayer. <laughs> What a way, Malachi 3.6, God says, I am the Lord and I change not. How much have you changed throughout your life? How much will you change until the day you die? But yet the Lord never changes. Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Let me tell you, you don't ever worry about God changing on you. You don't ever worry about God walking out on you. You don't ever worry about God's consistency, about his faithfulness. You don't ever worry about that because when you wake up every single morning, Lamentations 3, his mercy is renewed for you. Amen. And then that brings us to the last and the final. Oh, what a great series it's been. He ends his prayer by saying, Amen. You remember last year we did an intriguing little study called Church Words. <laughs> and we looked at words we use in church that we're going to use for all eternity. Words that really matter, that have a lot of weight to them. We looked at the word glory, doxa. We looked at the word hallelujah. hallelujah. And we looked at the word amen. Remember what we said amen means? It means may it be so. Let it be. May it be. Amen. That's what happens when you, you affirm God's truth. That's why we say amen. As Christians, we say amen. What are we saying? So be it. May it be. We affirm his truth. And what is his truth today? The truth is that we're not building our own little kingdom in this little world. No, we're building something far greater. We're part of God's building. We're part of God's kingdom. And our king owns the kingdom. We're empowered by a supernatural enablement of the Holy Spirit. Listen, 
No other God follower in all of humanity, history, and as we'll see in our Revelation study, present tense. No God follower except the church of Jesus Christ is filled with the precious Holy Spirit. What an amazing, amazing gift. What a precious thing. And he offers it to us. He helps us. He comforts us. He guides us. He helps us pray. We can never get over that. And his is the glory. All praise, all acts of praise belong to him. Is that how you live your life? It's how you can. You can live with kingdom principles. You can live in the enablement of the Holy Spirit. You can live to the sole glory of Jesus Christ. And not just for this life, but while the ages roll forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Lord, we love you today. We thank you, God, for your word, how precious, how beautiful, how full, how amazing it is. And Lord, after today, we're going to shift gears and we're going to deep dive into the book of Revelation. God, give us understanding. Bless your people today. Thank you for the mighty wind of the Holy Spirit that blew through this place today we don't take it for granted but we bow our hearts we bow our heads and we say thank you thank you in Jesus name amen well if you'll stay with us here for a few more minutes I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward we're going to receive our offering today if you're a guest today, we never ask our guests to, to, to be part of that. We, we want you to be where the Lord wants you. So many people talk to me about finding the right church. You know, you would think in a city like Kingsport, where you can throw a rock and hit a church, you think it'd be so easy to find the right church. It's not, is it? Are our ushers coming? I'm flying blind, people. I'm flying blind. As they come, if you're praying about where the Lord wants you, boy, I'd love to meet you. And you know what? Even if this isn't the church for you, if the Lord desires you somewhere else, I still would love to meet you. Because whether you attend my church or another church, we're the family of God. And our goal has never ever been to fill every single chair. Our goal is to fill this city with the gospel of Jesus. So as we give today, those of you who participate, those of you who honor the Lord in your giving, let's pray together. And then Pastor Glenn is going to lead us in our, gradu- in our graduates, and then you may be dismissed. So please hang out with us uh, through, through the end here. Lord, I thank you for today. What a special, what a, what a day, Lord, 
to end the month of May. What a way to end. And what a way to cast our eyes toward June and toward the summer. Thank you, God, for this Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for every man and woman who has served our nation. Thank you for every man and woman who has given their lives for our freedom, for our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. We honor them today. And we thank you, God, for such sacrifice. So honor our veterans today, God. Honor those who are currently serving. Meet their needs. And give them special blessings from your own hand. I pray you bless every person here today. Everyone watching online. Bless us, God, as we seek you with our lives. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.